You are listening to the Lanch J Radio Network. Paragon 7 Studios. a story I want to tell briefly as we get into the, the the mix of the Christmas season and one of the things about this Christmas that that's extremely special to me is this is my first Christmas as a married man and not just what I want to establish as far as traditions for for my family and make my wife feel special, but it's great to to have expanded family. So I'm an only child. I don't I don't have any nieces or nephews. I have a lot of godchildren who've been draining, who've been getting into to my pockets for for many years. But it will be nice to do Christmas shopping and and really have an opportunity to think about my niece and my nephew, my my wife's niece and nephew, and that's just a part of growing the family and, and expanding the brand. And I'm excited about that. I, I'm not a huge Christmas guy. I'm not a person that, that puts up an elaborate Christmas tree or puts lights up around the house, all of that stuff. But I do like making kids feel special. I think that that's important, and that's a that's a huge part of Christmas. And, and that's got to make us all feel warm and fuzzy inside. It doesn't matter how much money you have. We all have different backgrounds and different financial situations. Anything you could do to make someone else feel special, even if for that uh, for that brief moment, is is to me what Christmas is about. I want to share a story. It's about it's probably 2014, maybe 2013. It's when I lived in Seattle, and I lived in Seattle. Um, I lived right at the base of Capitol Hill, so I lived in an apartment complex called Pine Plus Minor. It's right on the corner of, of Pine and Minor and, and right by Pike Street. Pike Street and Pine run parallel. Pike Street is the famous street where you have the Seattle fish market. And I used to jog by there pretty much every day. And I lived downtown. I walked pretty much everywhere I, I went. I knew everybody. I knew all the people at the, at the local delis, the local sandwich shops, the pizzerias. Not a lot of African American six over six foot, two hundred and and sixty seventy pound guys walking around downtown Seattle, driving a a Land Rover. So I got to know everybody, and I would walk to work. I worked at Community Health Plan in Washington at the time, which I always say of all the places that I've worked, I've never worked anywhere that had smarter people and a deeper roster of talent than than CHPW. They had some brilliant people out in Seattle. You got to be really smart to go to UW, to go to Seattle U. It's a it's a it's an area of the country where there's just a lot of brilliant people. And I was coming up in healthcare, and, and it was my first management job, and, and I think that we were doing some really good work. I used to walk to work every day because the office that I worked at was on Olive Olive Avenue. And to walk from 
from Minor Avenue, which was the street I lived on, to Olive, it only took me about eight minutes. It was a very short walk. I could literally see my apartment from my job. So it's very convenient. I didn't have to drive to work. I didn't have to, to fire up the car and all of that stuff. I would just walk. Take me eight to ten minutes. I get my breakfast at Starbucks, get on the elevator, go into my office. And I had never lived. I'm a I'm a suburban guy. So I grew up in suburban Columbus, Ohio. I lived in suburban areas of the DMV growing up. You know, I never I never lived somewhere where I could just hop on the subway. Or I could just walk to anywhere I wanted to go. If I wanted to go to, to a local pizzeria, if I wanted to go to Little Woody's, that's how you know I'm from the 206 and spend significant time out there. Little Woody's, Dick's Burgers. I think Little Woody's is better than Dick's, to be honest with you. But Bill Gates used to, he used to pull up at Dick's up by, up by UW. He'd pull up, he'd be waiting in line just like everybody else. So I love being in Seattle. I immersed myself in the culture. I used to go to Seahawks games. I didn't have a lot of money. I would literally be standing in the standing room only area at the top of the stadium. Like if I turned around, I could I could fall out of the stadium if I wasn't careful. I'm just trying to trying to paint the pictures. Every day I walk to work. If you if you know Seattle, Seattle's way, way up on on the longitudinal parallels. So in the winter in Seattle, the sun goes down at like 3.30. It doesn't come up to like 10. So it's almost like Alaska. They call Washington the gateway to Alaska. And I would walk home, and it'd be really weird walking home from work, leaving at like 4 or whatever. It'd be pitch black. And I'm walking home. Seattle's cold. It's, it's rainy. I always had a raincoat on. A lot of times I would stop at Little Woody's and get my dinner or stop at 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 some local mom and pop shop and get a falafel, get a gyro, whatever. That's when I was eating. That's why I weighed 270 pounds. I was eating, I was eating a gyro and falafel every day. One day I'm walking home. It was on a, on a Friday evening. I'm walking home. This is right. This is maybe a week before Christmas. And I'm walking home. And I see, I'm, I'm walking up the hill to get to my apartment. And I see, I see a man who's a homeless man. He's clearly a homeless man. He's he's dressed in, in disheveled clothing. I saw a lot of there are a lot of homeless people in downtown Seattle where I lived, Capitol Hill area where I lived. I've seen people OD on drugs. I've seen a lot of terrible stuff just walking around downtown Seattle. Uh, it's very it's very sobering. You you walk by the Louis Vuitton shop and you see homeless people sleeping in the doorway of the Louis Vuitton shop at 10 p.m. And there's a hippie culture. There's a drug culture out in Seattle. It's it's a depressing place if you can't deal with the the rain and the lack of sunshine. That's where grunge music comes from. And I've seen I've seen people move out to the 206 and get depressed. The rain didn't bother me because downtown Seattle is very beautiful. I was really only walking from my apartment, my studio apartment on Minor Avenue to work and back. I rarely drove anywhere. I did everything. There was a Whole Foods up the street. There was a mall up the street. There were many places. I could go to comedy clubs, movies. I could take the train and go down to Seahawks Stadium. I could pretty much go everywhere I needed to go and stay within downtown Seattle. So I really rarely left downtown Seattle except to maybe go to Walmart because I didn't like to target downtown. It was it was too too crowded for me. 
But Seattle can wear on individuals that aren't familiar with, with that area. I, I had lived in Seattle before. It's not for everybody. And I'm walking home. And I see this, I see this man who, who is a homeless man. And I'm right on the overpass. I'm about to head on to the overpass where the street, this is, this is Pine, Pine Avenue. This is where Pine Avenue has an overpass that goes over I-5, which is I-5 is the, the major artery and corridor. The I-5 corridor goes north to, to, to Everett and then Mount Vernon and Bellingham and goes south down to Tacoma and to Portland. And this this homeless man was was standing there. I'm waiting for the the don't walk signal to change to walk because I'm about to cross the street and walk towards this man. And it's getting towards right in front of my apartment complex because I'm right there. My building was like right on I-5. Like I could hear cars going by at night. Studio apartment. And this man who who's homeless looked very downtrodden. He starts to climb up on the banister. And so there are a few people. I'm looking at him. There, there are other people coming in the other direction. They're looking at him. He climbs on the banister. And we all made kind of, we were looking at him. We made a snap judgment. I think we all thought at the same time, this man is trying to commit suicide. He climbed up on the banister and he was about to jump onto I-5. And I ran, several other people ran. We ran to the banister to pull him off the banister so he would not jump onto Interstate 5, which this man was probably you know, 160 pounds. He would have he would have not only killed himself, it's very likely that he would have killed whoever hit him and caused a chain reaction, maybe killing many people. And he was going to jump. We we ran, and, and, and a group of us ran and tackled him and pulled him off the banister and tackled him and subdued him. And as we grabbed him off the banister, he fought us and struggled with us, and then he just passed out. It was obviously inebriated of some sort. Someone picked up a cell phone, called the police. The police came. They got him and evaluated him. I hope that they took him to some type of, of center where he could get some help. But I always thought of that instance. This is a couple days before Christmas. I'm walking home. I'm living in Seattle. I was about to buy, I think, a PS4. I was doing well. My life was going fantastic. It was my first Christmas in Seattle. I'm living in a nice studio apartment in downtown Seattle, kind of chasing my dreams. And it always made me think of how the holiday season is really tough for, for some people. There are people who are thinking about lost loved ones. There are people who are struggling. There are people that don't have money to go out and buy presents. And people that don't have Maslow's hierarchy of needs and food and shelter and all of those things. And ever since then, I've just always thought about the Christmas holiday and how it's so important to, to do something that you can. If you have time to volunteer, if you have time to do a, a toy drive, if you have time to, to go to a children's hospital, if you have time just to smile at someone. During this season, it's, it's just so valuable. Because when I looked at that man's face and saw the utter despair, 
And I saw someone who had given up on life that was ready to end their life a couple of days before Christmas. It really makes you realize how much you have, how much God has blessed you. But it also provides a call to action to help other people who are, who are not in the Christmas spirit for whatever reason. Lance J. Show. Live from the Paragon 7 Studios, you are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Paragon 7 Studios. EpiSource serves Medicare, commercial, and Medicaid plans with a team of risk adjustment experts who deeply understand the complexities of every facet of healthcare. We partner with our health plan and healthcare clients to emphasize transparency and trust to truly become a valuable extension of their team at every step of the way, from outreach, medical record retrieval, coding, to final delivery. With the most significant health plans and healthcare organizations as clients, we aim to obtain the best medical chart retrieval rates, the highest coding accuracy, and the maximum level of project satisfaction. For more information, go to www.episource.com and schedule a demonstration. And Doug. Got a couple of bogeys on your six limo. They need customized car insurance from Liberty Mutual, so they only pay for what they need. What do you say we see what this bird can do? We are not getting you a helicopter. Looks like we're walking, kid. Only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. I spent many years as a quality healthcare executive focused on risk scores, clinical operations, and value-based care contracts. I had the corner office, the nice house, the pool, and all of the perks corporate America offers. But in 2020, as the pandemic had us all on lockdown, I decided to open up Paragon 7 Studios as a full-service consulting firm focused on healthcare media. Our critically acclaimed daily HealthCast series features many of the brightest minds in the industry. Due to increased demand, we are actually expanding into executive production of short films and documentaries for our clients. Find us on LinkedIn or Instagram to talk about hourly rates. That's Paragon 7 Studios. It's time to switch to T-Mobile. Right now, pay zero cost when you do. Keep your number and keep your phone. We'll even pay it off. Only at T-Mobile. The leader in 5G. James Lewis. The simple words just don't move me. You're minor, we're major. You're all up in the game and don't deserve to be a player. Don't make me have to call your name out. Your crew is featherweight. My good shots will make you levitate. I'm only 19, but my mind is old. And when the things get for real, my warm heart turns cold. Another young and deceit, another story is told. It ain't nothing really. And yo, done spark the Philly. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. And meanwhile, back in Queens, the realness, the foundation. If I die, I think I choose a better location. When the slugs penetrate, feel a burning sensation Getting closer to God in a tight situation now You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network